Hi, and welcome to Cameron's Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We hope you're blessed by today's message. So I want to I wanna ask you to, I want to invite you to, um, to open your Bible with me. There will be a couple of passages that I'm going to read. I'm just going to read one verse for the moment and then leave your Bible open or your device, whatever, how you use it. Joshua 24 verse 15. The title of my message this morning. Is establishing our priorities and family values. So Joshua 24 verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. Then choose for yourselves this day. Who whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river. Or the gods of the Amorites in those land you are living but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Father God, we want to ask you this morning to help us to understand how to serve you as a family. Give us a priority in our lives. Help us to order our priorities, Lord, I pray. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. You know, serving God is also to fulfill the great commission. We can serve God in any way for the main reason why we are here on earth is to proclaim God's goodness and the gospel of God to the people who do not know God. And it is imperative to be obeyed by all disciples of Christ. There's a command. If you are a soldier in the army of God and God gives you a command where Jesus is the captain or the general, if he gives you a command, you must obey. And that's Jesus' command in Matthew 28. So, but it, it is a decision based on who God is and what he did through his son Jesus Christ that we have just expressed here by having communion together. However, although it is a command, it is up to you to obey it or not, knowing that we will all be one day bring to an account. You know, the book of Joshua portrays the importance of this decision, especially in the land we are now living, the society we're living right now, the society we are living today is not much different from the one that the people of Israel lived at the, in those times. The only difference is that all this rubbish pass on quickly because you have it on your device, you have it in your house, on your TV. It spreads quicker. So the devil have potentialize that in one sense. But there are wrong concepts regarding serving God 
as an excuse. Some Christians neglect serving God for the sake of the family or the family for the sake of serving God. So I want to talk to you about the, what is the priority in our lives as Christians, as leaders, but also as the disciples of Christ. It is necessary to understand the order of these priorities, but that one thing does not exclude the other. That's I want you to bear in mind. We have this order, but none of these exclude, exclude the other. We need a balance. Alright? We need a balance. So the Creator's desire is for the whole family to serve the Lord. That's what Joshua declared. As for me and my household, because Joshua knew, Joshua was a man of God who impacted his generation. So much so that he knew the importance of stay always in prayer, in fellowship with God. In, in Exodus chapter 33, if I'm not mistaken, if my, my mind is not this, you know, says that um, Moses, he used to go to the tent of the congregation, which is the tent, was a tent, and he would go up to the tent and he would enter the temple, the, the Holy of Holies, where the tent of, of, of the congregation, I would say, and he would stay there, and the Bible says that God would come down and will speak to him, like face to face, in one sense, he would speak to him clearly. And as he was walking through, the Bible says that everybody would, would stand at the, the, the entrance of their tent, would look at him and see the glory of God coming down as he spoke to God. After this moment of speaking to God, the Bible says that Moses would then go back. But the young Joshua would remain, would stay in the tent. Why? Because he had this understanding that he has a task to accomplish. Therefore, he needed God in such a way that he said, if God is not with me, I will not be able to accomplish what God has given me to accomplish. And I'm sure Moses may have sat, uh, sat, sat down many times with Joseph, explaining to him, giving him instructions. And telling him all the words of the Lord. Everything that God spoke to Moses. That Moses spoke to Joshua. Because in Joshua chapter 1. God tells Joshua. As I am. As I was with Moses. I will be with you. But make sure that you are brave and courageous. To do everything that is Written that he said. In other words obey my word. He needed courage not to conquer the land. Because it was already promised from God. And God he does not forsake his children. He always fulfills his promises. He needed courage to be obedient. And we as a family. Sometimes we think that our children will not love us. We think that our children will hate us because we are not allowing them to do certain things. They, they may have a chance whatever. They may be upset with you. But listen, God has a commitment with His Word and He will keep His Word and His Word and His Spirit will come. The discipline will come in, in their hearts, in their, in, in their little hearts, in their minds. 
God is a faithful God. He will not let you down. Even if the, the child becomes rebellious for a moment, God will bring that to an end. But we must understand as a parent that we must do certain things that maybe our children don't like it. But we must do it because we know what God is saying to us. We are spending that. And I'm going to ask you, parents, please do make some you know, just set apart some intentional time with your children. I have enjoyed my girls. We played together. We had fun together. We had many moments to share. But neglecting the family. So when Jesus was getting to uh, the boat, I don't know if you remember this passage, which is Mark. Now, Mark chapter 5, verse 18 to 19. I'm going to read this, this one to you as well. So when Jesus was getting into the boat, the one who had previously been possessed by demons insistently asked Jesus to let him stay with him. Jesus, however, did not allow it. He did not allow it. On the contrary, he ordered him, go to your house, to your relatives, and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. The first ministry that we as a, as a disciple of Christ must have is in our families. It doesn't matter how much you serve God, how much you strive to go and do everything in the church to serve everybody. If you do not understand that your house is your priority before the church, then you are missing the point. I think I've mentioned to you, I have a friend of mine who became a pastor. I um, won him for Christ and he became a leader in the church. And he dedicated, so I left to England. I didn't, we didn't have time to. See, then he was involved with, with the same church I came from. But then he got so much involved with the church, with activities of the church. He thought he was doing God's work. He was doing something. One day his son told him, said, Dad, you know, this God that you preach, I don't want this God for me. Because you say this God heals, this God provides you say this God provides, but we have to go to my grandmother's house and eat every day. Every Sunday we have to go and eat because we don't have food in our house. What kind of God is I don't want this God for me. Why? Because he was, you know, dedicating himself so much to the services and forgetting the family. To provide for the family. He was doing wholeheartedly for the church. So that's, that's the danger there. So, but in this passage of, of, of the book of Mark, Jesus ordered a man um, who had just been freed from a legion of, of, of demons to return home and tell his family everything that had happened. It is a clear example of priority before worrying about saving the rest of the world. So the focus should be on your own family. So the first priority for us is God. Our relationship with God. And the second priority must be the family. Jesus makes it clear that the priority must be the home. But he does not exclude serving God. 
It just clarifies the order of things. An example of a man of faith who neglected his family was King Hezekiah. After being healed, you know, the prophet declared that he would live for another 15 years. Hezekiah received messages, messengers from the king of Babylon. And he showed them everything that he had in the palace. Because God was blessing him mightily. And after which the prophet Isaiah came to him and declared this to him. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days will come when everything that is in your palace, that is everything that your fathers have gathered up to this day, will be taken to Babylon. Nothing will remain, says the Lord. Some of your own children, said by you, will be taken away to be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, God is, good is the word of the Lord that you have spoken for the, for he thought, thus, as long as I live, there will be peace and security. What is this attitude of Hezekiah? It is my, me, myself and I. I don't care about my children. As long as I'm here and I'm alive, what happens to my children, I won't be here to see it. Is that is our attitude as a, as a parent, as a children of God, as a disciple of Christ, as leader in the church? From the scripture, it is possible to see that the king only cared about himself since he would, you know, he would not be alive when the Babylon king would come and, and, and take it. it. He was not interested in what would happen after he died. In addition to losing everything. And, and, and be captive in Babylon. He says that he will be eunuchs. In other words his lineage will be finished. He will have no descendants anymore. This ministry. Our ministry. Even as a pastor or even where you're serving the Lord. We are about to, to appoint deacons. Our ministry should not be built at the expenses of our family. Taking care of our own is part of serving God and the spreading the gospel. Why? We cannot neglect the service. Family comes before ministry. But it should not be used as an excuse to deliberately neglect service. Are you following me? Balance, complementation, and non-competition are necessary. You know, the example of serving God inspires the family. You know, children are influenced by a good example. And other people outside your family will see how God blesses your family. How God deals with you and your family. And they will see, wow, wonderful. It is, and then you have authority to preach about it. You have authority to call upon the name of the Lord to bless other, other families. The example of serving God inspires the family. It is necessary for priorities to be clear within the house. And serving the Lord is one of them. So as we serve God, our children know who your God is. 
And what your relationship with God? People must be free to come and check you out. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 5, it is reported that uh, the apostles' uh, wives also served God and were active in the ministry. Paul says, do we not have the right to take with us a believing wife, as do the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord, and then Cephas, which was Peter. So this passage, Paul emphasizes that other apostles and brothers of Jesus took their wives with them, not for a walk, not for a, 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 a tourism, but to respond to God's call as a family. But one thing is, we must be clear. The calling God has given me as a pastor here in this church it doesn't mean that I have the right or the prerogative, which I don't. When I go, I put somebody from my family in charge of the church. No, 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 no. If God raised a person as such, God will confirm through the church. And the ministry will be confirmed within the church. And that's another matter. But I have no right to say that, uh, oh, then when I go, I have to leave a, 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 you know, a successor. No, God is to raise the person who will come after me within the church or will send somebody. This is not a family business. This is a church of Christ. And many churches these days, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about where I come from, Brazil. Churches, mega churches have their children as their successor because they don't want to lose the benefit of money. I'm talking about mega churches. 20,000 members or more. Imagine. They look at the revenue. They don't look at the God's ministry. They live luxurious life where poor people who come and give their money and their ties to Christ still in poverty. That's a shame for the gospel. It's a shame to the world when they look at us and see there is a mega church in my town in the middle of a favela People who have very little to live on and flood the church and they keep the money, asking money. They will be accountable to God. God will judge them severely. People who make them their gifts, God has given them wonderful voices, beautiful talent, and, and, and they use that to make money out of it without just to live a nice life. You know, chapter 21 of the book of Acts. Uh, Philip's four daughters were also together in the ministry. Philip, Acts chapter 21 verse 9. The Bible shows that Philip's daughters were God's instruments for communicating the prophetic word. They were prophesying. In Mark chapter 5 verse 20, the same men who had been freed from demons... And who insistently asked Jesus to let him stay with him after staying with his family. He spread the word of God throughout ten other cities. Imagine what God can do. So he went and began to proclaim in the Decapolis everything that Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Decapolis means this is ten cities. Jesus instructs 
to prioritize the family. And from this prioritizing begins the overflow of God to those outside. Does your neighbor know you? Ministry and service are complementary. Every family must serve the Lord and the example will make generations perpetuate this legacy. And later on, on the book of, of, of Judges, um, sorry, uh, or Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy, at the end it says, um, and Joshua served the Lord all the days of his life. And all the leaders and the time of Joshua and the generation after also served the Lord because of Joshua's testimony. This is how he impacted his generation. My brother, my sister, I'm calling you. As a, if we are to live a new chapter in Camrose, we must order our priority. Our priority is God. And then our family. And then our services. And then after our family, it comes our job. You know, the duty of the disciple of Christ with his entire family is to win the world for Christ. Dedication to both family ministry is necessary without reversing the order. You know, the, you know, the value scale, so many Christians, is disordered. Some are living uh, a disorderly, uh, in a disorderly way because they have no idea what the scripture teaches about the subject. Others, because even though they have their values and priorities properly organized in their mental concept. They are unable to maintain them in practice. For those who want to live in the correct place of importance to the family, assigned by God, you know, the first thing is to know the scale of these values from God's point of view. And that is what the Bible teaches. So... Um, then it is a matter of practicality um, by the grace of God and making it work. It's only God who can help us because sometimes we're tempted to give more than we should. And as for this new chapter in Camrose, as I said, it's necessary that the entire families are committed to serving God together. Is your family serving God together? So then let me give you the practicality now so I can uh, try to be quick. Um, so God in first place, right? So there is nothing, absolutely nothing that can occupy the first place in our lives other than God. Your relationship with God. Your constant relationship with God. You know, the commandments given to Moses was remembered and emphasized by the Lord Jesus himself. He said one of the scribes who had asked him, uh, uh, argued with him, maybe tried to trick him, whatever. He said, well, what is the greatest commandment of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall therefore love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. There is nothing left here. And the second is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. 
Love in the Lord with all your heart, soul, understanding and strength is putting him first in our lives. It is, is God first in your life. I want to ask you to come on Sunday morning here and join us at 10 past 10 in our prayer here with the worship group. I want you to leave everything that you want to do. But come at 10 o'clock and join us 10 past 10 here for prayer with the worship group. Make that moment so then you prepare your heart for what's coming after. You know, loving the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind, it is an imperative. Jesus made it very clear to, to anyone who wanted to follow him as a disciple that they should recognize him first in their lives, in front of the people who are normally the most loved and dear ones. You know who knows us best? Our family. You can go around and pretend that you're a good husband. But your wife knows if you are not. Bella. You can pretend that you are a good wife. But your wife knows. You can pretend that you are good parents. But your family knows, your children knows that you are abusive. Do you think God will take it lightly? So you pretend to be something that you're not. And come to church and raise your hands and, and move your lips. This is holy hands and, and clean lips before God. Do you think God will accept your worship? Your offering? Your sacrifice? No, we have to present ourselves as a living sacrifice to the Lord. But also, we should love our wives as Jesus loved the church and sacrificed for her. We are not here to control our wives or to control the husbands. <clears throat> I'm joking. No, we're here to serve one another. We are, when the Bible says that we are, the, the wives are in submission to the husband, doesn't mean that you are to overrule her. No, submission means under the same mission. Under the same mission. You're not more than your wife. Your wife's not more than you. You are one, the Bible says. One. One. 50-50 makes one. Although God has chosen the leadership of the house, but that your leadership position is to protect her, is to love her, and to bring her into maturity, as well as emotionally, not to put her down. If anyone comes to me, he needs to do it. Had to deny yourself, your cross, and follow Christ. You know, the, the Lord is before our wives, our parents, of anything else. But when we talk about God coming first, it's not because other things no longer have a place in our lives. No, only they come later. For example, if my spouse is uncomfortable with my faith and then gives me an ultimatum, or ultimatum and tells me to choose between her and the Lord and I can tell her, dear, I'm sorry I love you, but I'll leave you. That's a fact. If for, to choose between the Lord and anybody else, I choose the Lord. But, 
I'm willing to sacrifice it and stay with God. Because God is the greatest value in my life. But also God tells me once I have this great value. And also my wife is in the same position as I, as I am. I must look after her. It, it says again, this doesn't mean that other things don't fit into our lives. Only that they come after God. Family is in second place. Many people are mistaken in thinking that the church or ministry comes right after God. No, it doesn't. Ministry doesn't come after God. Your family does. That's, the, that's, that's biblical. But as I said, one cannot be an excuse not to do the other. Now, as D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, stated, I believe that the family was established long before the church. And my duty is first to my family. I must not neglect my family. See what this, this scripture teaches about the place of the family in our scale values. But if anyone does not take care of his own, and especially those of his family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Timothy 5 verse 8. You know, there is no doubt that the family is our second priority after God. If someone neglects their family for the sake of the church, as I mentioned here, an example, ministry or anything else, no matter how spiritual it looks, I tell you, God will not listen to your prayers. You wonder why God does not listen to your prayers? Maybe you're not treating your wife the way you should, or your husband the way you should, or your children the way you should. Paul said that such a person is denying the faith and, and, and is worse than unbeliever. What can be worse than an unbeliever? <laughs> if, if, you know, if the, the future of an unbeliever is to burn in the lake of fire, right? I don't know what is worse than that. Lose, have no salvation. Whoa. Anyway. You know, in the pastoral council that Paul uh, wanted to extend to all ministers under Timothy's supervision, um, he says, he says this, it's necessary, therefore, for the bishop to be blameless. This is how we're going to, we need to pray about how to choose the next uh, 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 leaders in our church. Okay? Blameless. Which means you have a good testimony outside and inside the church. In your home and outside your home. The husband of one wife. To govern his own house well. Having his children in subjection with all due respect. With no abuse. Because you don't have to force to beat them up. Is your example tells everything. For if anyone doesn't or does not know how to govern his own house, how will he care for the church of God? Well, note that the man of God must be exemplary regarding his family. So the word of God leaves not the slightest shadow of doubt as to the place that our family should have in our scale of values. But many Christians have neglected their families. Let's move on.
But what comes next? Work is third place. It is amazing how easily we take ourselves to the extremes, don't we? We are people of extremes, extremism. On one hand, we have people in the church who are workaholics and whose lives are not in order as they have disrespected the biblical scale of values by putting um, work first, even before God, even before family. I mentioned to you, I, have a, uh, I met a very rich guy one day. He said to me, Robson, one day I came to my house I knock on my bathroom door and there was a boy came out of that and I look at him and I didn't recognize him. Why? He was his son, 15, 17 years old. He was already, he changed so much that I, I, I was shocked because I was working so much, traveling here, traveling there. You know what? He just walked by me. He didn't say hello. Why? No bond there. Shame. He said, I have money. He said that because he, he, was, he saw um, my attitude because we talked about family values and so on. You know, when the Bible speaks of those who do not take care of their families as being worse than unbelievers, it is talking uh, in the context about material support, about the provision of physical needs. So Christian who does not take work seriously to the point of leaving his family in need is violating the two most important values that come uh, uh, you know, next after God. But work is a biblical command. So God, family, and work. It is a man's way of supporting his home and living with dignity. Men, men up. His, your wife may help you to... You know, with the things, we are living in difficult times, I understand. Sometimes the wife's salary is a great help, especially in the days we live in now. But it's your responsibility first to provide for your family. Oh, it's nothing, there's nothing to do with inclusion, with society, come on. Work is a biblical man. Furthermore, through his earnings, he will also be able to serve the kingdom of God. And those in need. Let him who stole steal no more. Rather let him work. Doing good things with his own hands. So that he will have something to help those in need. When God gives you something. He gives you possessions. He gives you uh, ability to make money. It's not for you to get richer, richer and richer. It's for you to invest in the kingdom of God. You don't see me here asking for money. Oh, we need, how many of you can, can give a thousand pounds? How many of you can give, okay, 900, 800, like, like an, uh, an No. No, but God says that we are to support the ministry financially. You can only do that if you work. The Bible, you know, also says that those who, <laughs> who does not work is walking disorderly. Outside the divine plan. And Paul says, if you don't work, you don't, have to, you don't eat. Simple. God's command is clear. Whoever does not work should not be supported by others. Even when God calls someone to full-time ministry, which is also work. 
one must have the sensitivity of recognizing it that at certain times, due to lack of resources, there is nothing wrong um, with working in another area until the conditions of sustenance changes. That is what happened with Paul in Corinthians. He says he, he was a tent maker. I made tents before. Not literally. I had a Brazilian shop. I had a cosmetic business. And I was serving God. Because one day I came from a, a, a mission field. I was in Austria for eight months. When I came back, pastor of the church at the time said, you can come back, but the church will not support you financially. And I just told him, that's fine. I don't eat the bread of laziness. I have no problem working. I can get up in the morning as early as it is, and I can go to bed as, as late as it needed to be. But one thing I would not do, I would not neglect my family. And of course, neither my relationship with God. And I tell you, God has blessed me so much. You know there was time in my, my life was difficult. But there was not a single moment that God had neglected me, have not fulfilled his promise. I always had something. And then God has given me a wonderful family who have supported me through those times. You know, in the lives of those who dedicate themselves full-time ministry, sometimes it is painful because sometimes people say, well, that's what we pay the pastor to, to do. That's what we'll pay you for. No, I serve the Lord. And then I, I can say this, you know, as God is my witness, it is a privilege to be supported by the church, but it's also a privilege of you to support the ministry. So I'd just like to, to finalize this message. I'd like to conclude, because our time is gone. I have something else, but uh, I'm going to come to our conclusion. And if we want to be a powerful witness in our neighborhood, our neighborhood need to know that this family, this church, are composed or, 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 or are made of families who love the Lord. As the family comes together, let me tell you, children will come along. Teenagers will come along. Young people will come along. Bless you, my darling. We need not only to understand these priorities, but we need to put them into practice. Although we believe that salvation, faith, choices, and future judgment are individual, nevertheless, God desires to save you and your family. Believe in the Lord Jesus. And you'll be saved, you and your household. Let us pray for families this morning. Let us pray us for ourselves as a family. Let's pray so Come Rose can be a church where we see families all together. If you need help with your family, if you need help in counseling, come to us. Don't let the things go away too much. And maybe if you allow the problem to go on for too long, you may have a bigger problem than, than that. If you need help in your relationship, come and have a chat with us. I say this, 
with fear in my heart and God knows it I'm not saying this to boast myself but God has given me wisdom to build up a family serve the Lord I can say as from here my house we serve the Lord we serve the Lord me and my wife me and my children we have gone through things we're not perfect but God has given us grace to deal with each and every circumstances as they came and one thing we need to know the first attitude for God to restore your family is for you to recognize there is a problem if you do not accept that you have a problem you never go to the doctor but I tell you you're gonna end up dying without help but don't let the devil fool you don't let pride take the place and destroy you and your wife and your children come and let's have a chat come and let's have a chat we're going to very soon God willing we're gonna start a, a, a small group for, for couples for married couples with or without children God, I know it's not easy it's not easy and we're not gonna be judgmental because we all human but we have come to a place where we have something to share with you in that manner in all in all parts of your married life you can possibly think any part of a marriage life come and have a chat with us me and Adriana we have families here Shireen and Noel now we related you have other Chris and, and, and Ruth you have gone through a lot but the Lord has given us grace to stand firm and as for me and my house we shall serve the Lord and I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Those who are married and have children, a question for you. What is your children right now? I'm not asking this question for you to feel guilty, please. Don't go that way. No, it's not. Where is your children? I want you to place right now, wherever your children are, I want you to give them to the Lord right now. I want you to deliver them into God's hands. Let me ask you a question. Your children have two, two fathers. Or and if which one you think can, can uh, able uh, is able to look after them, say God the Father and, and, and their genetic father. Who do you think can look after them better? God? or your earthly father so I want to ask you to now to deliver your children to God's hands however when God starts to work in their lives do not hold back alright because when God starts to work in the lives of our children who are completely maybe lost away from the Lord God may do things that may may give them situations, circumstances that they must recognize God as the only way out. You may be crying, you may be shedding tears, but allow God to discipline them. Allow God to deal with them accordingly. Don't take your hands off, please. Don't. It is our attitude because we don't want to see our children suffering or, or going through difficult times. We want to do something. Oh, I want to do something to minimize the suffering. No, you can't do it. All you need to do is to pray and be there for support. 
and not be judgmental. But he must be firm and tough because love is tough. And I know there are parents here this morning who needs to do that. It's for your own, for, the, for your children's sake. Listen to me, my dear brother. It is God is saying this to me right now. That's what I'm, I'm, I'm just passing on the message. Do not hold back and let God deal with them. Or you don't trust God to deal with your children. Whatever you have failed, God is not here to judge you either. He's here to bless you and to help you to be a better parent. I want you to put your hand in your heart and I'm going to pray for you as parent this morning. As family. Lord, I know that the intent of the enemy, the devil, is to still kill and destroy. But it was said that you came to give life, life in abundance. Lord, we are right now in Jesus' name claiming this children for you. Lord, as this parent here right now, we have children who are away from you. Wholeheartedly, they are giving their children into your hands for you to deal with them as you have dealt with the parents. Lord, doesn't matter how painful you may sounds or looks or what we feel, we know that it is your work. Because the Bible says that the, that the sadness produced by God end up in blessings. But Lord, pain inflicted by the world is destroying. Lord, it is devastating. But I pray that my brother and my sister here this morning who are giving now their children into your hands. Lord, they are now on the backstage in prayer and in expectation that you, Lord, are able, are more than able to save them. To bring them to a place where they will not have any other way rather than recognize you as the only solution for their problems, which is the sin in their hearts. It's the evil nature of man that needs to be dealt on that cross where Jesus died. I pray right now in Jesus' name, and I, Lord, release right now your discipline over each one of them, because your discipline is good. Hallelujah. And it's pleasant and it's profitable. Do it right now, Lord. Start right now. Start today. Yes, in Jesus' oh, mighty name. Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every chain must be broken right now in Jesus' name. Every Lord shackle that has been holding these people back. Break now. In Jesus' name, be free. Let the Spirit of God, let the Spirit of God deal with them right now. Starting from now, even in their dreams. As they walk along the road, as they drive. Lord, give them no peace until they rest yes, their Lord. case Hallelujah. at the foot of the cross.
Yes. In Jesus' mighty name. Oh, Jesus. Take away every false foundation of peace they may have. They may have. Let them lean on nothing but the trust in you and you alone. I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's sing a song. Thanks for listening. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. If you want more information about Camrose Baptist Church, visit our website, www.camrosebc.org.uk. Follow us on Instagram at Camrose Baptist Church and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Camrose Baptist Church Edgeware.